episode of This Black Bear Has 28 Minutes, a Kootenai Arts and Culture podcast presented by students from the Selkirk College Creative Writing Program, alongside ma- amazing collaborators from across the Kootenays. I'm Cody Bruner. And I'm Tressa Ford, and we'll be your hosts today. If you're looking for ways to connect and be inspired in the Kootenays and beyond during COVID times, look no further. We've got updates on local art news, book launches, and heartfelt interviews. Today, Black Bear contributor Karen Hamling interviews Patricia Smugga, founder and editor of Freya Magazine. We'll also feature Selkirk student writers Ingrid Love and Brian Simonuk, reading their works of poetry and prose. All that and so much more, but first, our community check-in segment, shoutouts and shenanigans. In Castlegar, check out the Kootenai Gallery's Young Visions 2021 exhibit from April 23rd to May 29th featuring work from school district 20 students and teachers. The Langham in Caslow also has a fantastic new exhibit, Planetary by Nelson artist, Christy Gordon. You can check out a 3D virtual tour of the exhibit on the Langham website. There are also two historical exhibits at the Langham, A Passage in Time, examining the arrival of Chinese people in BC and in Caslow, and Taiken, Japanese Canadian since 1877, an exhibit presented by the Langham's Japanese Canadian Museum. And Touchstone still has its group pottery exhibition, Throne, open throughout May, as well as Jamie Black's Red Dress Project, honoring missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. The exhibit is viewable within the museum and outside the Nelson City Hall. Also, check out fellow creatives over on the Kootenai Co-op Radio. Two Chicks One Night, a show about the local music scene hosted by Black Bear Review contributors Stephanie Hendrickson and Emily Whitehead. Novel Ideas, a program aimed at connecting Kootenai book enthusiasts with the local literary scene hosted by Samara Nicole and Natasha Gulio, and Brad Bradley's show Poetry for Keeps. Also, head on over to the Words on Baker Facebook page for more info on upcoming poetry events in Nelson. All right, with all that out of the way, we've got Black Bear Review contributor and friend Karen Hamling sitting down with Patricia Smugga to talk about Freya, a Kootenai women's collective. Let's give it a listen. So today we're fortunate to have Patricia Smugga with us, and she's the founder and editor of Freya magazine. Her first issue hit the stands in January, and it has been well-received. Welcome to the Blackberry Review podcast, Patricia. And I have to tell you, I'm really excited to do this interview with you, and, and I appreciate the time that you're taking to do well, this. Thank you, Karen. Thanks <laughs> for having me, and I'm also excited to speak to you. Oh, great. So uh, starting a magazine in today's world is pr- a pretty brave endeavor. What, make, what made you think of putting together a new magazine? Yeah, um, it definitely is, and especially in uh, in the at the time because uh, I, I started the idea back in May of last year, right in the middle of the pandemic. So I, I know a lot of people thought it might be a little bit crazy, but um, I think I was in a I was in a very pivotal uh, point in my life, mm-hmm. and I needed to make some um, career changes. And writing is something that was always a passion of mine. I wanted to pursue that on a professional level. 
so I thought about combining that interest um, with uh, my interest for with working with people and building a community. And so the concept of putting together a magazine, specifically a women's magazine, which is something that um, was lacking in the area, it just really snowballed quite organically. I remember I posted on Facebook back in May when I had the idea, just a very general post looking for women that were interested in writing for the magazine. And I just received such an overwhelming amount of responses that it really solidified for me the fact that this was a niche that should be explored. So, yeah. Well, that's great, and congratulations. It sounds like you're... Thank you. It must have been exciting to get that first issue out in print. Yeah, it was. It was a little nerve-wracking, actually a lot nerve-wracking, but <laughs> it, uh, it was great once it, once it was done and sent off for print, and then once it was in my hands, it, it definitely it was very satisfying. It was great. I'm, I'm curious as to how you came up with the name Freya, or am um, I pronouncing that right? No, you're pronouncing it right. <laughs> so when I picked the name, um, I thought about certain characteristics of the female spirit that I wanted to embody, uh, being strong, loyal, fierce, um, resourceful, um, intelligent, and just kind of wild at heart. Um, so I wanted to also tie in a part of the Kootenays with the name and with those characteristics. And the Valhallas are, the Valhalla Provincial Park is one of my one of my favorite places and something that's really special to my heart. So I was looking at different uh, names of the peaks there, and Freya was one that came up, and it's uh, the name. It's named after a Norse goddess, which uh, definitely embodies a lot of those traits. So um, when I, I when I heard the name and just the way it sounded and how it's tied all those components together, it just it fit. Well, that's great. I, it, that's a really good explanation because I was thinking, I wonder where that came from and how she came up to I've not been fortunate enough to get up to the Valhalla, but I hear it's pretty phenomenal. It is. It's a very special place. That's great. So you just told me you had a passion in, in writing. And have you have you had that all your life, or is it just something that's come to you right lately? Or? Um, I would say that uh, my interest in writing and journalism in general uh, was... A hobby that I've had for most of my life. I, I grew up uh, with my head in books constantly. I, I would read a lot and I would write to just my own short stories or random ramblings. And even though my educational background was in science, um, I think I always felt that one day I wanted to incorporate writing as something uh, more than a hobby. Mm -hmm. And I really love connecting with people and listening to their stories. I think it's such a privilege to be able to hold a space for someone to share a personal part of their life with you. Mm -hmm. And then you get to be an echo of that person's story with the rest of the world and to see the world through their eyes. And I think there's something really meaningful in that. And that's, that's I guess, one of my driving forces behind, behind this. Well, and you're definitely connecting with your magazine. Sound, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's been some uh, some incredible connections and some amazing people that I've been fortunate to meet and uh, collaborate with and work with and learn from. So it's it's been wonderful. <laughs> That's great. So what it, what type of books do you like to read? Uh well, <laughs> I'm, I'm right now I'm reading more of uh, on the political historical side, but this is something that I I've never. Um, been interested in before it was uh, mostly like philosophical books I've loved when I was younger I used to read like mystery horror mm -hmm. stories but lately it's more like philosophical 
definitely nonfiction, um, psychology, um, that sort of books. I would say right now I can even show you. This is my favorite book that I'm reading, and it's it's oh. a really really good book. It's called The Education of an Idealist. It's by Samantha Power. Oh. She was the UN um, or the U.S. ambassador to the UN uh, during Obama's presidency, and it's basically about her education and how well, her background as a journalist, and then how she became the ambassador of the UN. So it's it's a really interesting uh, book, and I would definitely recommend that. So is it an inspiring one? It is. It is. I think she's a very inspiring woman and her life has just been full of full of contributions to to mm -hmm. the world and she's very passionate and intelligent um, and she's a mother as well. So there's a lot of a lot of things that uh, I, I find inspiring about her story. That's great. So hopefully people will pick that up and read it. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the process of, of a print magazine. That's a, it's quite a bit of a process, I would think. Do you, would you mind telling me some of what you have to go through and how long it takes to yeah. put an issue together? Um, definitely. I mean, this is all very new to me still, but we've only put out one issue so far, and now we're working on the second. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm just constantly learning and building my skills uh, in the industry and trying to to gather as much information from as many people in the community as I can. Um, but we do a lot of work together as a team when we put our stories together. So um, we'll have uh, our meetings where we kind of collaborate and brainstorm on each, uh, each of our pieces. And each team member has their own dedicated theme um, and section in the magazine. So we all bring our ideas together and discuss uh, very openly, and then uh, we start writing. And then my role is as a writer, I write my own stories, but then it's also as the editor, and I think that's the most important part. And mm -hmm. as an editor, I, I try very hard to make sure that I support my writers so that they, they can succeed in their stories. So a lot of times uh, it's a lot of one-on-one -on -one collaboration, and you know, helping them get leads or helping them get a perspective or just uh, listening to what's, what they're going through and what's, what they need from me to support them. And yeah, and then I start the editing process and um, after the drafts are in, it's, uh, it's working with the graphic designer. And I really like that part. Uh, it's, it's very enjoyable um, putting together the layout. And I think there's a lot of creativity um, involved in the design process and layout. And that's a lot of fun. You must have, um, as you were going through this process, the first time you must have thought, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Did you think, oh, what, yeah. am, <laughs> what am I getting into? <laughs> it's, it's still like that. And I, I think I, I had a, a lot of doubts, like, well, well, what am I thinking here? But <laughs> I also really enjoyed it. And I, I really enjoy uh, challenging myself and learning new things. So I, I think it was, it was a very interesting and fulfilling experience. Well, I think uh, it's amazing that you took off such a big chunk of oh, learning. You. <laughs> it's nice to hear. <laughs> so, Patricia, living in the Kootenays, there's an awful lot of talented women here and a lot of very strong women. How do you decide who to write about? Like, How does that? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's very true. There's, there's no shortage of uh, women to feature, which is definitely a good thing because we're, we're not... Uh, running into any risk of running out of stories. We have a, 
a lot of ideas constantly on the go. Um, I really like to let things evolve as organically as possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm always open to submissions and ideas. And we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of contributions after the first edition for, for uh, different stories. And the way I kind of look at it is I, I try to, to see what comes to me first. And, mm -hmm. um, and once I read through the different uh, submissions and kind of gather ideas, um, I try to kind of pull out the patterns that emerge and what theme I'm seeing come out. And then I make my decisions based on that. So I don't, I don't go into it with my own agendas or thoughts of where I wanted to go. I kind of let the stories come out themselves and then try to put together what I feel is the direction of it. Well, that's great. And so, so you're open to submissions, you said, so people can yeah, send yeah, ideas. Yeah, definitely ideas too well that's great um how often are you publishing uh we're gonna publish twice a year twice a year well that sounds doable yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i thought about doing quarterly at first and then i realized that it's, that's just a whole lot of work and it doesn't give us enough time to really work on the content and mm -hmm. be able to put that quality um work into place so i'm wondering um is there some anything we haven't touched on in the interview that you would like people to know about um, the magazine? Well, I think or? one of the other um, parts of the magazine and the project as a whole that's really important to me and I think is part of the project itself and of the magazine is um, that the, the proceeds, the profits from the magazine are donated back into the community. Um, so I didn't run the magazine, I didn't incorporate it as a nonprofit because I didn't want to have the whole board of directors and a lot of those yeah. bureaucracy that, yeah, didn't appeal to me. But um, the, the whole concept is that all of the profits after we cover our costs and are, are able to pay our employees will be donated back into the community. So half of the profits uh, will always be given to Marilyn James and the Sinai's Indigenous people. And the other half uh, are going towards a mental health fund for resources for women in the community. So I think those two components are really important because um, what the magazine aims to do is to really, besides inspire and um, you know educate people, it's also to help others and to put something back into the community mm -hmm. and to help make a difference. So. Yeah, and and during this time of COVID, the mental health issues have just skyrocketed yeah, well, for sure it's, it's it's a difficult time i, I realize mm -hmm. for for many people yeah so, so that's nice that, anything that yeah to help it's always it's always good i feel like we've been a bit small gestures that we can do it's it's important yeah and i think people are starting to understand more and more that it's 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 not bad to admit that you're having some mental yeah, health issues. And, <laughs> I mean, we no, all go through I mean, stress in our life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's great. That's nice to hear. That's a lot of work, and putting it back into the community like that is a pretty awesome thing to do, I think. So um, where can we purchase your magazine? We have uh, quite a few distributors throughout the Kootenays. Um, like in Nelson, there's... Uh, quite a few places. We have Nelson's, mm -hmm. uh, Touchstone Museum, um, Finley's. Um, oh, I'm not sure what. Did I read oh, it? Waits, uh, oh, wait. Yeah, Waits. Yeah. I read. Yeah. Um, 
and the, oh, Vitality Chiropractic uh, Office, and then we have throughout the valley, we have uh, Frog Peak distributes it, Gaia Tree in Winlom, Spinning Fables, Raven's Nest in New Denver, and then up all the way to Golden and Revelstoke, there's a few places, uh, Bacchus Books and White Tooth Bistro, and then the East Kootenays, we have Axe and Arrow and um, Hot Shots, and Christina Lake, there's uh, the Tourist uh, Visitor Center, uh, Roslyn Museum, might be missing a few. Yeah, in Salmo, there's, I think, uh, one of the cafes and the outdoor store as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, we have a list on, uh, on our website as well as on our Facebook page. It's pinned on the first picture up there with, with all the distributors in case I'm missing any. But, yeah, there's quite a few. And so to go on to your Facebook page, do you just, is it Freya? Is it under Freya? Uh, it's Freya Magazine Cookies. Okay. I think if you type, if you were to type in just Freya or Freya Magazine, it would pop up. Okay. And then, and I've been on your Facebook page and it's quite interesting, <laughs> all the posts. So if people are wanting to know more, that's a good place for them to go. Yeah. And then your website would be the same, would it? Just type in Freya yeah. and you would get that on the website and be, it's a yeah, good and place. Yeah, also linked to the Facebook page as well. Great, that's that's wonderful. So somebody must have done. Was it you had to do an awful lot of driving and talking to people? Yeah, to get that, was, that was me. It was, uh, it was and I mean, it, the magazine came out uh, about a week and a half before Christmas uh, when I finally got the boxes, and I, I wanted, I really wanted to get out the those boxes out to people before Christmas, mm -hmm. so that they can uh, they can be sold or purchased, you know, as gifts or right before the Christmas season. So I did that week before I, I did a, I think it was a full like four days of driving up north and east and west and everywhere. But I think it was also, uh, it was important for me because I wanted to meet um, and make those connections with the people that were going to sell our magazine and support us. And it was a, it was a great experience as well, kind of meeting so many people. Well, I think people would have been pretty excited that somebody was starting a magazine in the Kootenays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, uh, there was a lot of really positive feedback and uh, excitement, especially uh, amongst the women out here. Well, that's great. Was there anything else that you would like to add before we finish? Uh, no, I think that's... You think that's covered it? That's <laughs> good. Yeah, that's a good amount of information. Yes, me. yes, it is. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you today, Patricia, and... Um, I wish you all the best in, in your future editions and hope that That Goes magazine will continue for many years. Well, thank you so much, Karen. I hope okay. so, too. Okay, thank, thank you, you for joining. For me. <laughs> okay, thank you. Take care. Now we have Selkirk College alumnus Ingrid Love reading an excerpt from her fiction piece, Low Tea. The Tea House. I worked at the Tea House for two years. My boss, Gareth, was a Brit who had fallen into the pond and found himself washed ashore in Canada, married to our true boss, Wanda. He always seemed to be putting in his best effort to instill a sense of masculinity into the pink, pink, pink cupcakes and teacups he resided over. He attempted this through various methods, adding pizza and burrito crepes to the menu, hiding the pink chair cushions in the back storage room, and even painting the walls pavement gray 
from pink lemonade. They didn't stay pavement gray. Every time Wanda set foot on the premises, the shop would be emasculated and refashioned, ready for a princess party at any given moment. We were always ready for visiting royalty. Our princess high tea came complete with tiaras, pink tea, pink desserts, and a fairy wand for each guest. On November 1st, we garnished pink Christmas trees with glass cupcake ornaments and magenta glitter garlands. In case you were having trouble visualizing the place, there was a lot of pink and sparkles. Wanda was a disorganized perfectionist, the perfect complement to Gareth's slovenly apathy. If their rapport as business partners was any indication, their marriage was a passive-aggressive power struggle. Wanda decorated designer cakes for weddings, posh pastel baby showers, and spoiled children's birthday parties as her main contribution to the business. She didn't do much of the baking herself because she had help for that. She was famous in town for her cupcakes, which were sold in the tea house. Gareth ran the storefront in tea house cafe and baked the delicate French macarons. How that last arrangement came to be is a mystery to all. Thank you, Ingrid, for the amazing reading. I can picture the tea house so clearly. Next, we have a reading from Black Bear Review contributor, Selkirk College alumnus, and this podcast's fantastic sound editor, Brian Simnek. Hey, everyone. I will be reading a poem I call Constant the River. While I'm lying in the river's bed, it comes over me, out from the blue jet-streamed sky, ripped in repetition on the separator. Clouds. So many clouds. Or just one. It's hard to tell. Mostly it's blue, but there's so many clouds. Constant the river touches the sky, banked by westward green, in alignment with the sun. Where the waters in a panic at the surface look, lines run little rivers that break toward the sky. Where the shadows of sturgeon pass, the river splits the bridge. There are currents, and I stay still. When I forget I'm breathing, my body catches in sway. I surrender free from my settled place. Disintegration is becoming swept sand in the motion. You have to go smaller and join in the current before you can experience a resurfacing. A natural process of change, differentiating, bubbling up. The water bends light solid as if to touch, and I pass through. And that's going to be it for us today, folks. An enormous thank you to all our readers, interviewees, and interviewers today. If you liked the readings you heard, check them out at our website, blackbearreview.ca. An extra special thanks to the Kootenai band, The Hilties, for the use of their songs Hocus Pocus and Ride the Wave. You can find their new album, Sunshine, at thehilties.bandcamp.com. That's spelled H-I-L-L-T-I-E-S. 
So check them out and support local music talent. And thanks to everyone who helped out in the producing of this episode, especially Omider Miller, our faculty advisor, Bree Harwood, our coordinator, Brian Semenek for technical advising, sound editing, and for his reading, Karina Custom, our managing editor, Ilkay Chakar Ulare, our agent and technical advisor, Ingrid Love for her reading, Karen Hamling for the interview, Cody Bruner, my fantastic co-host for student talent recruitment, script and hosting, Lisa Dean, our faculty advisor. And Tressa Ford, our fabulous host for interviewing, scripting and hosting. And if you want to read your own work on our podcast, don't hesitate. You can send your pieces to the Blackberry Review at gmail.com. That's blackberryreview at gmail.com, all one word, with the subject line, podcast guest reader submission. And don't forget to check out our page, blackberryreview.ca, for all your Kootenai poetry, fiction, nonfiction, and art needs. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And with the end of the school year, we'll be taking a hiatus from developing this podcast, but be sure to keep an eye out for when we pick it up again next year. It's been such a pleasure sharing the creativity of this community with you. Stay safe and until next time. Goodbye for now. Be safe out there, be kind, be resilient, and never stop being creative.
long time, been a long time, been a long, been a long time, 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 been a long